This talk is offered by Ordinary Mind Zendo. Ordinary Mind was founded by Barry Magid, Dharma heir of Charlotte Joko Beck, and is dedicated to her vision of a psychologically minded Zen practice adapted to the needs of American students practicing in the context of their everyday lives. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, who marched in the South with Martin Luther King, wrote about the prophetic tradition in Judaism, the role of the prophet in the life of the people. And in that prophetic voice, he said, it is the job of religion not merely to comfort the afflicted, but to afflict the comfortable. In reflecting on the that dual nature of uh, religion, I found myself thinking that in this practice we occupy all four positions at one time or another in our practice. Both as afflicted and comforter and comfortable in need of affliction. Usually we're drawn to practice feeling afflicted as Buddha says suffering and we seek some version of comfort or end to suffering in our practice. And it's the nature of this practice to explore the nature of our suffering, of our affliction, and what counts as comfort, or what we imagine will count as comfort, serve as comfort. And the Buddhist picture of suffering is of a life that's ignorant of its own nature and is constantly lived against the grain or in opposition to or resistance to fundamental aspects of what life is, particularly its impermanence and its interdependence. And if we deny those things, we will suffer the consequences of that denial. We'll always be trying to control the uncontrollable. (laughs) 
So the comfort that this practice offers is first of all in a path towards eliminating our resistance to life as it is. But it's also the comfort of interdependence. The comfort of shared and connected experience. Of realizing that what we go through, everyone goes through. And on the other side, <laughs> practice does afflict us as the comfortable ones. Is it makes us look at the nature of the comforts that we cling to. In Buddhism, we would call those comforts mostly attachments. And we're afflicted by, again, being reminded of the way those comforts are built on sand, on an insecure foundation that inevitably will fail us. And that anything that we try to build on there will eventually pass away. There is difficulty in this practice, in part as an intentional challenge to different levels of comfort that we may try to deploy. And those are comforts of self-control or mastery. or invulnerability, or know-it-all-ism. And koans can be employed to shake up our sense of who we are and what we think we know and understand. One aspect of Heschel's admonition to afflict the comfortable, though, is one that I think is only more recently in the history of Buddhism being attended to. Because he meant it in the sense of speaking truth to power. Afflicting the comfortable who are in a socially privileged position, a position of power and wealth that exists at the expense of those who are poor and powerless. And Buddhism has spoken to that, but in a way the emphasis hasn't been there so much 
until this generation, I think. <laughs> if you look at uh, the Chinese and Japanese classical texts, mostly what you hear are warnings to stay away from centers of power. Don't let yourself be seduced by titles or privilege or any of the pomp of uh, the capital. But there's very little sense that the role of religion is to overthrow the um, social order of things. One of the things that I believe we emphasize differently now is, this, is the nature of interdependence. In a way, we've tended to put our attention more on the centrality of impermanence, which affects all of us very directly. Interdependence sometimes is more subtle. But when we have our meal chance, we begin by saying, 72 labors brought us this food. We should know how it comes to us. I think that more and more we are endeavoring to take that literally, to really try to understand the labor that others are doing that support the life we live. How much of the food that we eat is grown by undocumented laborers, illegal immigrants, whose lives are poor and afflicted so that we can be comfortable. We're trying more and more to be aware in which the ways in which the comfort of our middle class life is built on the suffering of those who don't enjoy our privileges. In the 60s, Heschel joined with King to deliberately try to shake up the social fabric of the country. First, most directly in terms of race relations and segregation, but also the issues of poverty and war. And the more they ventured into those areas, the less popular they got. Because it was relatively easy for people to come out against segregation, <laughs> particularly segregation in another state far away, and see how that should be abolished. But coming out against the war in Vietnam, well, that was more complicated. 
what's some preacher doing uh, meddling in foreign <coughs> policy? And poverty? How dare we mess with the free market and capitalism? So it's complicated. But hearing Heschel's words uh, spoken again by Andrew Young, who was by his side of King in the 60s, was very inspiring, very challenging, very humbling. A reminder of what we do and don't do most of the time in this practice. And how, if we're going to carry our practice deeper, it's not just deeper inside us as individuals, but it fulfills all aspects of Heschel's equation, comforting the afflicted, afflicting the comfortable.